there's no question that the uh, mitzvah of Donnikav Schus, which is uh, part two in our series, today's sugya, is probably one of the most important ones that we're going to learn. I'll tell you why. As we remember from yesterday, we're trying to bring back the Beis Hamikdash, right? That, that's our job, right? Our job the whole year, especially at these times, to bring back the Beis Hamikdash. There's no question, as we mentioned yesterday in our Hakdom and our introduction, that this is the best way to do it. To bring back the Beis Hamikdash is by getting rid of the Sinas Chinam, getting getting more involved in the Ben Adam Lechaveiray. And uh, we're trying to go through day by day a different idea, but as is Hashem. So yesterday we discussed the uh, the Issa of hating and obviously the mitzvah of loving. Today we're going to go through the idea of Donakov's Kosta. And again, as I say, there is no question when we go through Ben Odom Lechavera Halachas, which we are going to, that uh, Donakov's Chos is the mitzvah which uh, basically leads to many of the other terrible Averis that come out. For example, if a person is not done the Kavschus, it leads him to hate the person. It leads him to take revenge. It probably leads him to say Lashon Hora. It probably leads him also to fight with him, to not do Chesed with him, to embarrass him, Ainastavorim, hurtful words, maybe even to steal from him. Who knows how many Averis come out from this one thing? And that is being done the Kavschus. Okay? I'll tell you, Gavald Gazach. Rav Palm, Zatzal. Rav Palm used to say that if you want to treat the symptom of Lashon Hara, and we all know how bad Lashon Hara is, we spoke about this in Yeshiva many times, we gave a whole series on uh, Kedushas Hadibur, of the idea of speech, and uh, Lashon Hara is definitely the most terrible and, and, and uh, really destructive uh, midah that a person can have and that he'll do. So Rav Palm, Zatzal, said if you want to treat the symptoms of Lashon Hara, then you should learn Hilchah Shmiras Alosh and Hilchah Loshon Hora in the Chavetz Chaim. But if you want to treat the actual sickness, then the way to do it is to be Donakavskos. Learn the halachas we're going to say today. You know why? Said Rapam, because if a person has strep, or for those English people out there, if you have tonsillitis, so what do you need to do? So you have a pain in your throat. So what do you do? So you can take a painkiller. You take a strepsil, take a painkiller, whatever it is, and it will soothe your throat. It will make things better. Will it take away the illness? No. Illness is still there. You just made the pain go away. The way to get rid of the illness is to take antibiotics. And it's the same said with Palm with Lashon Hara. The same thing is learning Shmir Salashan is beautiful. And we should do it. And we have to do it. But that is only to help us to control the urge how to speak. But if we want to go the step earlier, in order not to get even into the Shaila of Shmir Salashan, and that is to be done Kafskus. And as I said, and I think if you think about it, it's so clear that if a person is not done the Kafskus, it leads him to hate someone, which was yesterday's sugya, and it leads us to many of the other Yusum that we're going to discuss, not doing chesed, taking revenge, fighting, obviously Lashon Hora, Nas Tavorim, embarrassing someone, stealing from him, all sorts of terrible, terrible Averis that a person could do. So where do we have the Makar for this? And again, once again, we have a Pasuk in the Torah, you know, it's not that often when we learn halacha that we have a clear posik in the Torah dealing with our sugya. And that is the posik in Bayikur Yutes Tezvav, Loisasu Ovel Bamishpat, Veloisisa Pene Dol, Veloisahada Pene Godel, Betzedek, Tishpoit Amisecha. To judge people favorably. That's what it's all about. It's a most important idea. It's an incredible idea. I'll tell you the chinuch. 
what the Chinuch writes in Mitzvah Reish Lam and Hay in the Chinuch, as we know, goes through much of the understanding behind the Mitzvahs. Right? And we always try to look for why we do Mitzvahs. Someone sent me an email this morning. He says to me, I hope you don't mind me asking, but I'd like to understand what I do. And I said, I love you. That's incredible. I said, they should be more like you in Klal Yisrael. That don't just do what they do because that's what we do. But they do it because, oh, I actually understand it. it gives us a bigger understanding to Yiddishkeit. gives us a bigger appreciation to Yiddishkeit. And therefore, the Sefer HaChinuch is a, an unbelievable Sefer. I really hope Be'ezus Hashem one day with you guys to go through it, one by one, to go through the mitzvahs. It will be an incredible, enlightening experience. But until we get there, let's learn Mitzvah Reish Lam and Hey, where the Chinuch explains to us the Yisoyed of this Posek, the Yisoyed of this obligation. And that is like this. Gum says the Chinuch that one of the main purposes of this mitzvah is that it increases uh, love and peacefulness between people. And that's an incredible thing. You know, we, we need that. Rabbi say we need that. We're in a time that we need peacefulness. We need love. We, we need to get rid of this baseless hatred, the sinas chinam. That was yesterday's sugya. But this is the way to do it. Being don lekafschus. I, I want to give you, you know, a couple of interesting questions, okay? These questions came my way throughout the years. And I just want to give you some interesting ones. Let's say, for example, you go pick up your child at the babysitter. Okay, so you go to the babysitter's house. And this babysitter was meant to look after your child while you were out. And you come in and you, fe- and you smell freshly baked chalas. Nothing, nothing like freshly baked chalas. Geschmack. Freshly baked chalas. Ah, some people only bake chalas on Erev Shabbos just so that all the neighbors should know that they're baking, you know, chalas on Erev Shabbos. But anyway, they make sure they leave the door open, you know. Anyway, so you come in, you're thinking to yourself, hold on a minute. Were you not meant to spend time with my child, looking after my child, not in the kitchen, you know, kneading and doing everything you were meant to do? Well, I, I paid you to do that, not to, you know, go cooking in the kitchen. That's question number one. Question number two. You're in the mikvah, getting dressed. And you overhear a child telling his father, Dad, these pants, these trousers are not mine. And the father responds, it doesn't make a difference, just get dressed already and let's go. What do you think about that? What thoughts go through your head when you hear that question? You're at a social gathering, and um, two people are talking, and one guy whispers something to the other guy, and they both immediately look at you. And they're like, huh? what I do? What are you thinking at that moment? Okay? They say of Shimon Schwab, that's our once... Um, looked at uh, one of his people, one of his mispalim in his shul, eating a hot dog from a non-kosher hot dog stand. What, what do you think at that moment? Right? There, there were many, many, you know, I'll take one more, one more of them. I bet there's tons of them. One more, right? You're in shul, and there's a guy who takes off his tefillin early. Right? He's a bachan yeshiva like you, and he needs to get to breakfast. So, already by ashray, he's got his tefillin coming off. You're like, oh, hello? I'm also hungry? Like, what, hello? What, what are you thinking at that moment, okay? Uh, these, these are just a few examples I can give you. There are obviously many, many more. But uh, let's try to go through a little bit of the halachas, and then we'll try to come back to these questions, so that hopefully we'll have a better understanding. First of all, I want to tell you an incredible Gemara in Brachos, which we learned in uh, Brachos, that you'd base on the base, where the Gemara tells us there are certain people, in fact, the Gemara says there are three people that the Rabboni Shalonim loves. Now, of course, the Rabboni Shalonim loves all of us. 
But there are three people that the Rabban Shalom really loves. Loves even more. Do you want to be one of those guys? I, I ask you. Do you want to be a guy that Hashem really loves? I think so. What do I have to do? Sign here. What do I do? Sign on the dotted line. Let's go. I'm going to be one of those guys. Says the Gemara, if a person is Don Le Kafshos, if you judge other people favorably, Hashem also loves you. Apart from, He'll judge you favorably, which we'll talk about. The, the Merdeka Shla Kodesh. In Shara Oisis Erech Kafshos Ois Base. The Shlakodesh brings down that a person that's done the Kafschus will find favor in the eyes of the Rabboni Shalolamd. Again, Rabbi Isai, think about it. Do you want to be the guy that Hashem loves and finds favor in, in, his, in his eyes? Of course. Be done Kafschus. There's a Gavaldige Eitza. The Vilna Goin. The Vilna Goin is a safer called Kesser Roish. And in Ois Kufya Tess, the Vilna Goin says he has a proven Eitza that if a person has enemies, Again, Rabbi Isai, this is again continuation from yesterday. If you have enemies, if you have people that you just don't like, you don't get on with them, you have a problem with them. So what do I do? Okay, so yesterday you told me, oh my gosh, there's a terrible is to hate people in your heart. Very nice, Rabbi, but you didn't tell me what to do about it. Although we mentioned yesterday a couple of ideas. But says the Vilna Goin, the way to do it is it's a proven, tried and tested. That if you think in your heart, that these people are total tzaddikim, and you judge them favorably, eventually your feelings of them will change, and you'll end up judging them favorably. Okay, so it's an incredible, incredible idea that a person has to realize. And in fact, I will tell you one more thing before we move on. There's a Rambam. The Rambam, in the beginning of Mesechtas Ovis, tells us that if a person is not done the Kafschus, it's a very hard avera to do tshuva. Why is it hard, hard avera to do tshuva? You know why? Because it's a type of Avera that you didn't even think it's an Avera. I, I was thinking in my mind, I, I, did I say anything? Did I hurt him? Did I physically damage him? Did I emotionally damage him? No. I, I just thought badly about him. But nothing happened. Yeah, that's why you don't do tshuva on it. And says the Rambam, that's why it's a really bad Avera, because you end up not doing tshuva with such Avera. It's a really serious thing. The Gemara in Brochus Lam Aleph tells us that a person is Choshed Shaman B'Kshevim, Tzorich Lavorchoi, Yoruma Brocha. It's an incredible thing. The Gemara tells us, uh, well, uh, we've got a lot to do and a lot to cover, but you know, I just want to give you this incredible Gemara we just had in Dafiyomi, Kuf Chavazayin, Omid Beis, and Masech Shabbos, where the Gemara tells us that sometimes it goes really, really far. Being Don Lekavs and I want to clarify this, doesn't mean you have to be stupid. No, that's not what it means. But it means you sometimes have to be a little bit more imaginative. You have to use your imagination. Right, the Gemara tells us Shabbos Kuf Chavzayin. The first time you find in Shas an idea of Don Kafshus. The Gemara tells us about Rabbi Kiva, the Heidegger Rabbi Kiva. According to some sheets, it was Rabbi Kiva, and he worked for seven years for someone. Can you imagine? He left his family for seven years to make a parnasa. At the end of seven years, he turns to the owner, to his boss, and he says, "My dear boss, I love you very much. I thank you for everything you've done for me." My family are waiting for me. Do me a favor. Could you give me my wages for the last seven years and I'll go home? And the boss says, I'm terribly sorry. I, I, I can't help you. So what, you, you got no money? So no, I don't have money. Okay, so could you give me like uh, produce? Give me like some food? Give me stuff and I'll sell it? I don't have any. Oh, have you got any animals maybe and I'll sell that? I've got no animals. Uh, have you got any pillows or blankets? No, got none of that also. Have you got any land? Have you got some? I don't know that also. And he was so upset after working for seven years, he got it, he turned around and he said, okay, and he walked away. 
he went back to his home after working for seven years. His wife and kids were waiting for that big fat paycheck to come in. It just never came. And he's sitting down and all of a sudden, this was a couple of months later, the Gemara tells us there was a knock on the door. And it was this guy, the owner, the boss, with three massive wagons, one of food, one of drink, and one of treats, with his wages, with all of those treats. And I'm not going to go through now because it's going to take too long. But he went through and he said to him, tell me something. When I said to you, I've got no money, what did you think? He said, I assumed that the good business deal came in, a good investment, and you invested all the money. He said, well, when I said to you, I've got no food, what did you think then? He said, well, I assumed, I guess maybe there was no trimmer of ice was taken of it. Well, when I said I've got no animal, he went one by one and he said, what did you think? And he said, basically it was done him the kafskos. And because of that... He had an incredible, incredible wealth from that. And that, the Gemara goes on to tell us other stories as well of how a person has to use his imagination. Again, it doesn't mean you have to be an ignorant person. It doesn't mean you have to be crazy. But it means you sometimes have to basically, you know, use your imagination in this way. You know, there's a... Who was, who was bigger? Who was bigger in Donnikov Schos than the Heilige Batecheva? The Kedusha Slevi. There was no one bigger than the, than the Batecheva. The Kedusha Slevi was... Ah, he once, saw, he once saw a man in shul, wearing tefillin, reading a newspaper. Now most of us would be like, whoa, hello. You know what he said? The Heilige Badichava, the Kedusha Slevi. He said, look at this. Even when they read the newspaper, they have the tefillin on. You know what I mean? He was done everyone the kafskos. Klali Shaw was innocent in every case, in every situation. That's an incredible thing. So let's go through a few of the halachas, because at the end of the day, we're going to try to understand not just the hashkof, a little bit of the halachas as well. Now, it's very, very important for us to know that there's a difference between the type of person you're judging and how you're going to judge them. Okay, we'll start number one like this. We'll start like this. If you have a person who's a tzaddik, in other words, you see a tzaddik, he's going to the wrong place, he's, 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 uh, he's doing something that looks a little bit, as we call it, dodgy. So what, what, what are you thinking? What are you allowed to think? What are you meant to think? I'll pee the Torah. The halacha is someone who's a tzaddik, and again, we don't mean a godel ador, but we mean basically someone who doesn't do these sorts of averis, right? He's normally a person that's careful. You have an obligation, min Torah, to judge him favorably. Now, most from Yidden, by the way, most from Yidden fall into this category when it comes to many, many of the halachas, like non-kosher food. Right, non-kosher food, it's amazing, by the way. I find it so incredible how people are so dedicated to kosher food. Uh, I'm in touch with a boy who's totally off the derech. He does everything that he wants in the world. He's in some crazy place in the middle of Chutzlaritz now, whatever. And um, he spoke uh, yesterday, it was yesterday, the day before, and he says to me, oh, I have to move places. I said, why are you moving? There's non-kosher meat here. I can't eat non-kosher meat. I'm like, wow. Incredible, like he'll do everything, but not kosher meat? No, 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 that not. Right? It's amazing how you didn't have this thing, no, I have to keep kosher, right? So obviously there are people, unfortunately, not with that when that situation, but that's what, you know, that's what it is. So most people, when it comes to most halachas, generally are quite careful. And therefore they have a den of a tzaddik, and therefore you have an obligation, minatoya, by the way. That means you have a chiv midoraisa to judge them favorably. Okay, that's, that's number one. Number two. What if you have a Russia? Let's go to the other end of the spectrum. You've got a total Russia. You talk a person that's not careful about anything, he doesn't care to do our favors, he'll do everything in the world. Right? 
he doesn't care whatsoever, then you are allowed, Minatoya, to assume that what he's doing is wrong. In other words, he's doing something which we're not sure, mm, again, I want to be clear, we're not talking about something that you know is wrong. Obviously, if it's wrong, you see him doing it a favor, he's doing it a favor. Not something where, oh, that looks a little bit interesting. Like, what's he doing? So if he's a tzaddik, you have an obligation to judge him favorably. If he's a rasha, you are allowed to judge him not favorably. You're allowed. You're absolutely allowed without any problem whatsoever. Again, the reason for that is because the Torah doesn't want us basically to whitewash the evil that's going on in the world. And then we have what most people, I would say, we're in contact with are, and that is a bainani. A bainani means he's a regular good person. He tries to be careful. Sometimes he falls. Sometimes he doesn't fall. Right? So what's the situation? He's the middle guy. So here the halacha will depend on how the action appears. If the action more, looks more likely good or bad, right? Then it's, you know, if, in other words, it's like this. If it can look good or bad, then it's a suffolk. And therefore we have to judge him favorably. If, for example... It looks clearly bad, right? It looks more like he's speaking Lashon Hora than not. Then we're not chayiv to judge him favorably, but midas chasidus to still judge him favorably in that case. Okay, I hope you got that clear, Rabbi Say. Again, we're talking about a bainani, a guy in the between, a regular guy, he tries, and every so often he falls, you know, whatever. So again, if it's 50-50, you don't know what it looks like, it looks like he's doing something dodgy, but maybe he's not, chayiv to judge him favorably. If it's more likely that he's doing something bad, then halachically you don't have to judge him favorably, but midas chasidus, you should. And halacha lemaisa, a total stranger, then the total stranger over here, that was someone we don't know, we have no background information and can't evaluate his actions. So whether the action is a suffix or even if it's leaning to the positive or negative side, there's no commandment to judge him favorably, but it definitely is a midas chasidus to judge him favorably. So it's very, very important. Let's go back to some of the questions that we mentioned, okay? So you come, you go to your, you know, the babysitter and your child is, is uh, you know, over there and looks a little bit dirty and look a little bit neglected or whatever and fresh colors and you know things are coming out of the oven and you're wondering like how do you have time to do that and look after all these kids so if the woman who's looking after the child is a tzaddikis which means she's a real 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 hush of a woman she's known to be very responsible and whatever it is then absolutely you have an obligation to judge her favorably and you should figure it out that maybe the baking basically began before you dropped your child and and and, and you know just the smell came now or you can figure it out Right? If she's a Bainini, also, right? So she's a Bainini, you know, maybe it looks a little bit more like she did something wrong. So again, maybe halachically you don't have to judge her favorably, but there's definitely a Midas Hasidus to do that. And if she's a Russia, which again, I don't know why you're dropping off your child at a Russia's house, but if, for example, she is, then you have no Chiv whatsoever and you are allowed to judge her negatively in that way over there. You're going to the mikvah. You're in the mikvah, and you hear the child say, Dad, these, these trousers are not mine. And your father says, Oh, just put it on and let's get out of here. I mean, what's going on over here? Right? You don't know who that is. You have no idea who that person is. So, midas chasidus, we just said, is to judge them favorably. And you'll tell me, come on. Seriously? You just told me, I don't have to make up anything. I don't have to, like, whitewash our viewers. What's going on over there? So that it could be a very simple explanation. The child didn't mean, it's not my trousers, meaning it's a stranger's. Then the guy next to me, he meant it's my younger brother's. And the father's like, oh, stop, just put it on and let's go. Right? In other words, if you think of it that way, you're like, oh, oh, I guess so. That could be. Right? Two people are talking about, you know, something. They whisper and then all of a sudden they look at you. So again, if you don't know who they are, which is often the case, so 
the Midas Hasidus to judge him favorably and say they're probably saying, oh, that guy, wow, he's such a tzaddik, he's such a nice guy. Okay, that's what you should think about them. If they're tzaddikim, you have a chiv to do that, right? If they are obviously Rishoyim, then you have no reason to do that over there. And Rishim Shwab, you should know, when he saw his mspalal eating from the hot dog, from the non-kosher hot dog stand, he judged him favorably and he said, it must be, he has a very dangerous stomach ulcer that if he doesn't eat now, it's a shayla bekuach nefesh and that's exactly what happened. And he found out that that was the case, which is incredible. So we have to understand, again, obviously we're not going to go through every single detail of this halacha, but the mitzvah to judge someone favorably doesn't only mean giving him the benefit of the doubt, but it means to judge someone with righteousness, which is what the Torah wants. In other words, to make a thoughtful assessment of the person's actions and look for the good. Look for the good. Just like we would want other people, if they were looking at us, to look for the good. We should look for the good in others. And just what that one question I didn't mention of the guy who's taking off his tefillin, you know, and he's rushing to, uh, and he's rushing to, uh, whatever it is, you know, to, to the lunchroom to eat breakfast. By the way, just to let you know, most people that think that way, it's because they want to do the same thing. They just know that, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. The Rashiv is watching me, the Rashiv is watching me. They also want to take on the tefillin right now to go, go to breakfast, but they can't, right? So they're upset with that guy. Right? Imagine you get on a bus. I'm not going to say which country. But imagine you get on a bus and the bus driver is very, very angry. And he's screaming at everybody, shutting the doors on everyone. I'm not going to say which country. And anyway, so you know, you're, you're like, ah, chutzpah. Did you think for a moment that maybe he's going through a hard time? Maybe his wife is screaming at him in the morning. Maybe his kids were sick all night. He was up all night. He didn't manage to sleep anything. He's not being paid because of coronavirus. The guy's completely in a mess. Yeah, he's having a bad day. And he's screaming. You know what? So would you in that situation. Think about it that way. Or think about one last case before we move on, just to the end. Imagine you're in the lunchroom, and uh, the schnitzel. Oh, the schnitzel. This is a geschmack, right? If the schnitzel, everyone's going to make sure we come on time. No? But um, there's one guy that takes on tons of pieces. Everyone's like, hello, come on, leave, leave some for someone else. And you, you always like think of the guy like, come on. Did you ever stop to think for a moment that maybe he grew up in a house with 11 children and his mother only made 10 schnitzels? So if he didn't fight for a schnitzel, he wouldn't get one. Again, I'm, I'm just, what I'm, all I'm doing is I'm just trying to show you in every case is there's so many situations that come up that we have to train ourselves to learn to judge people favorably. And you know something? Mido keneged mido, the Gemara says. That if we want Hashem to judge us favorably after 120 years, when we cannot come up to Shemaim, and they're going to give us that list of all the Averas, not you guys, other people, whatever. There are people that do Averas. They're going to have the list. They're going to say, well, what do you mean? I double parked because it was only for a minute. And I was running into the store to get something. So, come on, you understand. But but one second, you know, I, I saw in one of the Svarim, they bring down that uh, you're going to get up to Shemaim and they're going to sit you down as the judge. Can you imagine? They're going to sit you down as the judge and they're going to say, all right, bring in the first guy. They bring him in. This guy double parked in front of Kosher Kingdom for 20 minutes. You know what a, you know what a traffic jam. People were late for their kids. People were late for their jobs. Do you know what a sit? And you're like, chutzpah? How could you do such a thing? It's not right. That's it. We'll punish him. And then they're going to say, okay, because that person was actually you. Which means you judge your own case in Shemayim. The way you judge people here is the way they judge you up there. That's very, very scary. Rabbi, so let me end with one last incredible Misa. Incredible Misa. Okay? 
It was a sunny afternoon and there was a seven-year-old Naftali Friedman asked his son for some money to go and buy some sweets. So his father, Mr. Friedman, said, no problem, do me a favor, on, on my desk there's a coin there, it's a little coin, go go to the local supermarket and buy yourself some sweets, no problem. A few hours later, Mr. Friedman came back to his desk and he saw that he had a coin that was a very, very expensive, exquisite coin on the desk next to another cheaper one and it looks like his son by mistake took the very expensive coin he couldn't believe it like oh my gosh do you know how much this is worth this can basically sustain a family for six months it's worth a fortune my son just took it to the supermarket so he quickly called his son he said which coin did you take which coin did you take and his son basically admitted he took the nicer one right and the nicer one was the more expensive one he said i don't understand you paid the, the supermarket with that coin they didn't say anything to you he said, oh, I don't know, I gave it to him, and he gave me the sweets, and that was it. So he goes running to the supermarket, and he says, give me the coin. He's like, sorry? Give me the give me the coin. What coin? What are you talking about? Open up the till, I want to see. And he started fighting backwards and forwards. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. It was a whole situation. They came to Rav Shmuel Salant. Rav Shmuel Salant was the robber of Yerushalayim. And Mr. Friedman started presenting his side of the story, and the grocery presented his side of the story, and they realized that each one were basically saying, you know, he was saying he took my coin, and he said, I never got the coin, he gave me a regular shekel or a pound or dollar, I never got this fancy coin, so what's going on? One of the Dayanim, one of the Dayanim called over Mr. Friedman to the side, he said, listen, I'll pee the Torah, I'll pee the Torah, in such a case, the grocery must give you uh, the money, or make a shivua. He has to make a shvua. But you know what it is to make a shvua? To make a shvua, you have to say Hashem's name over a chomish, and, and the whole world shakes, the Chazal tell us. It's a terrible thing. Times are hard. We're in a bad situation. Please do me a favor. Be mavata. Be mavata on the money. And don't, and don't, and don't do it. And he was so, I couldn't believe it, but what do you mean? He for sure has the money. It can't be. My son took it from the thing and he gave it to him. He bought the. Be mavata. And he said, you know what? Fine. I'm dropping it. I'm dropping the case. Things went very bad for the grocer. And because deep in their heart, people felt that the grocer had taken advantage of an innocent, you know, unsuspecting child, you know, they basically, everyone, everyone didn't go to him anymore. He lost a lot of customers. Can you imagine he lost his whole parnasa, he lost his business? Because people said he's not an honest guy. He took a coin from a seven-year-old child that's worth a fortune and he never returned it. I can't do business with such a person. I can't shop in such a place. Until three years later. Three years later, Mr. Friedman received a letter, unsigned. Dear Mr. Friedman, three years have passed since the terrible day that your son went to get a candy from the grocery. It was an unhappy day in many ways for you, for your son, for the grocery and me. I was a desperate and despondent man. I had no job, my children were starving, and I saw no future for myself. As I walked the streets engrossed in my misery, I noticed your seven-year-old son Naftali was playing with his friends, and he was tossing around a coin that you had given him to buy some sweets. But I noticed that it was a very expensive coin. I thought to myself, here I am, starving to death, and this seven-year-old child has the audacity to play with a coin that could support my whole family for six months? I joined playing with the children, began schmoozing with them, one thing led to the other, and we exchanged coins, or whatever it is, and before you know it, I had in my hand that expensive coin. I beg your forgiveness for causing you so much sorrow and so much grief. I hereby return the value of the coin. Please forgive me. It was a terrible thing to do. It was my circumstances, my kids starving. Nothing I can do. Rav Shadron said over this Misa. Rav Shadron said, look at the power of Dona Kavskos. 
There's no question all of us would have said, this grocery is chayef. He's obligated. How can he do that? The child picked it up from the desk, it was clear, and bought something with it, and that was it. Like, who would have thought something in the middle happened? But it teaches us that many times we see things, and we don't really understand the full picture. And that is what B'Tzedek Tishbet Amisecha is teaching us. Next time we look at someone who does something bad, or says something bad, or acts in a, in a way that we don't understand, let's try to look at the good in his life. Let's try to look at the positive side. Because if we want the Rabbanishim to do it to us, then we need to do that to others as well.